1: Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the deadly boys of What Culture, Michael Hanfler and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. And that issue today is fantasy booking Triple H's first Royal Rumble. And you've said yourself, Hanfler, that Triple H probably isn't going to be as judged as much on the first sort of six or so months he's been in charge. It will be this first road to WrestleMania that really tests him.
2: Yeah, I have spent a lifetime being poisoned by my own taste. That is, I like WWE and want to like WWE in spite of its many, many creative failings. Um, Part of that is because when you are raised on a good Royal Rumble at WrestleMania season, and realistically that's a good Survivor Series to Royal Rumble at WrestleMania Mm -hmm. season, it reminds you why this product can work so well. Um, even though it's a thing that never stops, like WrestleMania would feel like a season finale, big matches would feel bigger than any other matches on the calendar. And then for years, it was just abandoned. It was just completely abandoned. It was partly to do with the content super service era, partly to do with Vincent Mann's creative negligence, partly to do with Monopoly, lots of reasons, <laughs> lots of reasons. Um, but ultimately... It should be the thing I believe, and I've said so since the beginning, that Triple H should be judged on. By the end of WrestleMania, he's going to be approaching a first full year Mm. anyway, so you've got nearly 12 months to look at regardless. But this is the, it is very literally the business end of WWE's calendar. It was where once upon a time, all the money was made. I know that's slightly different now. But in terms of the creative direction, the proof of concept for the pushes over the last year, ten months to the last year, uh, who's your top baby faces? Who's top heels, uh, are the champions, Are the like the right? Are the titles on the right? Champions and are the challengers the right? Challengers. WrestleMania sells itself out pretty much, and the prestige is all but assured by years and years and years of really just mark good marketing. But the quality of a WrestleMania card is determined absolutely by the build and the execution of it. So it's Triple H's first Rumble and Triple H's first WrestleMania. They they are the two like jewels in WWE's crown. Ultimately, and if he fails at his first attempt, I don't know. I'd like mm. it's it'd be too it'd be hyperbolic to say there's no way back for him. But I just think it'll be there. It'll be. An anchor, I think, that he's got to deal with going forward afterwards.
1: And Sige, as with many things Triple H has done since taking the reins over WWE, it's a low bar he has to clear compared to this year's Royal Rumble. Imagine the abiding
3: memory of the Royal Rumble in recent years being 2015 and 2022. You're laughing. You're laughing. He's laughing to begin with because what Pat Patterson created and Vince McMahon didn't think it was a good idea to begin <laughs> with just to reiterate that point is an all like an almost mathematical formula for drama and suspense and just it's such a perfect formula that I've tried to tell everyone like Tony Khan just needs to rip it off yeah. he kind of did with the, um with the tag team m hmm. um, casino battle royale <laughs> which is just a staggered eliminations deal um it's the perfect formula for making a long important match it guarantees a pop every 30 every minute Mm. every 90 seconds 30 times if you get it right and that's got nothing to do with the action that's someone making their entrance to the ring if you time it and you sequence it right i think triple h will do a fantastic job at the royal rumble and i'm far far from a triple h apologist Mm. i think his Uh, prowess as a booker is wildly overrated. I think he benefits from this curve to a ridiculous degree. I just think that anyone who likes wrestling, who's shown a competency once upon a time to book, would look at something like the Royal Rumble and just rub your hands together. Like Cards on the Table is a nerd. you fantasy booked the Royal Rumble before. Mm -hmm. you fantasy booked the Royal Mm -hmm. Rumble before. I I would gather everyone watching this video has at some point or another, or at least had ideas to correct the terrible ones of uh, the recent past You'd be rubbing your hands together, and look, I don't necessarily think WWE is particularly compelling or dynamic or exciting on a week-to-week basis, but I think you can get the big moments right, the big angles right, the biggest angle in the company, everyone's fantasy booked all the way to WrestleMania. If you can service that and put some really good, like, dumb, fun, silly stuff in the Rumble beyond the bloodline stuff, then he can do a bang-up job. I've got faith in Triple H doing this, not because he's so great, because it should it should be impossible to screw up.
1: You mentioned the big stuff there. We're not going to go, you know, 1 to 30 in the Rumble, booking every elimination and what have you. Um, we're just going to pick the major moments before we get to our picks to win both the men's and the women's Royal Rumbles. We'll save those for a little bit later. This is big picture stuff about not just the people winning it going to, you know, the main events of WrestleMania potentially, but also just a build generally for WrestleMania.
2: Yeah. There are sixty wrestlers that are going to pay in two matches. If you can't generate or heat up what five WrestleMania matches again, it like it stands as promotional incompetence and negligence, and that's what we've had from the Raw Rumbles over the years. Um, you have Iron Man runs, not just to have them. It's because say if it's a babyface, you have that heel eliminate that babyface, or you have a heel cheat from the outside to have that babyface eliminated, and thus create drama and a reason for the two to fight, and you know it boils the blood of the babyface in question. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about winners, so I guess I'm going to focus on a pretty high-profile loser here. For months and months and months, I thought Becky Lynch's road to WrestleMania was going to go through the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. She's won it before. She's a major star, and she could do it the right way this time. Uh, as evidence of Vincent McMahon screwing this up, her win when you could not screw the man up was nearly screwed up at the Royal Rumble. She took the place of an injured babyface wrestler. Lana was assaulted and Becky Lynch stole the spot. Now, she was so over that that didn't matter, but what a stupid way to get that (laughs) woman in the match. If Becky Lynch was going to win, I would suggest you start from number one or number two, certainly as early as you can justify, Mm. really. Um, However, somebody else, I think we'll probably talk about later on this podcast, feels like they've maybe stepped into the role of winner in the last few months. So I do forecast Becky Lynch getting close, but not close enough. And I think what they're doing on television at the moment is establishing Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler as these hoodlums that are trying to protect Ronda's title. Ronda is maybe acknowledging that she's a bit weaker than she used to be, not the performer she once was. And I think that the two of them will either work together with Shayna in the match or both of them just run in and they'll do their little double act on Becky Lynch. As an acknowledgement from Ronda that she's beaten her before, and in a singles match she doesn't think she can take her anymore, the heat would be out the ass for Becky Lynch not winning because she's still considered a a fresh babyface, having only recently turned, and people want to see that route back to the title. I think people would be keen to see Becky and Bianca yet again with the different, you know, the all-babyface chemistry. So having that taken away would add the heat to it. And of course then you find a way for Becky Lynch to make her way to Ronda and make your way to a title match. There's a million other examples for other ways to sort of serve as mid carders I don't want to take them all off Sidgwick. The only other one I've got, because I don't think it even relates to a winner, it just relates to, at this point, like a bona fide WrestleMania dream match. Uh, Rey Mysterio, an unfortunate victim of Vincent Mann's inability to book Royal Rumbles, got himself booed for one of the only times in his career in 2014, when he had the crime of not being Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Um, I want Finn Balor and Damien Priest... As a pair, as a team, to work together and dominate the field for the cause of Dominic Mysterio, the heat for Dominic amassing two, three, four, five, six, and developing this preposterous false confidence of these eliminations as the bodies fly completely as a result of Priest and Finn Balor's hard work, only for Ray to get the vindication of the number 30 prop at the surprise appearance. And he throws his kid out of the Royal Rumble <laughs> because he, he has to stop him somehow. He doesn't punch him in the face. There's things that you can save. You still preserve that for yeah, WrestleMania. There are things you have to save. The father doesn't want to do it, but he knows what's right. And his little brat kid going to WrestleMania as a result of these two thugs cannot go down. And again, the the first time he's physically responded to their his son like running roughshod on Raw. The home invasion storyline. Every mention of my dead be dead on Raw. Like that first cathartic yeah. bit of revenge from Ray. Without, as Cedric says, you're not really giving a lot away. He's just throwing him over the top rope but it's enough to get that finally rolling for the father versus son match in mm-hmm. WrestleMania.
1: Any other spots you'd like to see in this year's Rumble, Siege?
2: Um, I'm very interested. In fact, the
3: only thing that I really, truly, other than Gunther, give a toss about in WWE right now is the Bloodline Saga. So I'm very interested mm-hmm. in how they explore that. Um, is the rumor and innuendo... Actually, I don't want to paraphrase that, twat. Is the uh, take the t- <laughs> that... Um, is going to be Roman versus Kevin Owens at yeah, Royal Rumble? That's yeah, that so it's a shame because I would have liked uh, Roman, uh, sorry, Kevin and Sammy in the same ring in the men's rumble match, and they could probably do that. Um, they, ha- they could have the title match first, and then Kevin Owens comes in. Mm. I would like to see this elegant arrangement of the Royal Rumble where there's double teams going on, there's near eliminations, where before the Bloodline come in, Kevin and Sammy. Um, with a load of different heels in the ring are just getting cornered, and together they find themselves. And I would love it if, like through muscle memory, they start to like work together because they're so magic and they're so like sort of simpatico. And then when they eliminate someone together, they could look at each other as if to say, we are such a great tag team, but we can't really sell that because we kind of hate each other at the same time. This would foreshadow what everyone wants to see, and that is uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeating the Usos at WrestleMania. So you're putting the tag team together in the context of the Rumble match. And then just when there's a sort of a, a wry, smiling acknowledgement of actually want to be your mate again, I think we could do magic together in the ring. That's when you get Solo Sikawa and the Usos coming out as, yes. as if to say, what's going on here, Sami? what are you doing sort of things so there's just so much they can play with mm. and if you're triple h you are again rubbing your hands with glee at the possibility of furthering this story um in the context of the royal rumble match so heavy heavy on bloodline stuff and particularly sammy
4: hey it's Paige Desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say
1: hello to quince One of the big, one of the few highlights of uh, this year's Royal Rumble was the uh, guest appearances. I'm not talking about the part timers who came in and won the whole thing. I'm talking, of course, of the Bad Bunny spots or the Johnny Knoxville or the Mighty Molly. Sorry, Phil, to bring back bad memories for you there. Um, surprise appearances next year. Who are you thinking?
2: Uh, I think this is harder than usual. Because the surprise appearances were becoming a necessity in the Royal Rumble. Because Are there any
3: free agents left?
2: Well, this is anyway. It. Right, Triple H has padded out that women's roster especially to the point where for the first time in the women's Rumble history, you might just be able to amass 30 women from the main roster. It's been a, a kind of a failing, in truth. Um, they've lent on NXT, which is a different thing. Um, and I know that will, I think that will inform, uh, like what we see on NXT currently will inform a little bit of the Royal Rumble. I would have said I'm Andy Rose, possibly, had she not been released. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bron Breaker enter. I thought he would anyway, just not as NXT champion. But uh, Was I have Cole a
1: Cold f- champion when he came in that year.
2: Cole wasn't NXT champion, but they have had. I think they've had Andrade enter as NXT champion. I think they had Chavo Guerrero enter as ECW champion. So the idea is unless ECW. Yeah. he's
1: a world champion, but not a proper
2: one. Not a proper one. Like unless it's the top title, top two titles when there's been two titles which there is now, um anything else counts, I guess. Um I mean there's absolutely there's there's chaos potentially in the form of some massive stars that we'll maybe get to as a bit mm. of, as, as fun suggestions, but I think triple H, because it's Triple H, I think he'll lean on NXT more than special guests and novelties this year. I think partly is a bit of a flex. I think he wants to book good rumbles featuring his talent today, but he also wants to show off the people he believes he's developed. So I would expect it to be predominantly stuff that... I, I, don't, I can't guarantee we'll get a pop. Based on the people that he's bringing back and the reactions that they're not getting, it might not be the usual. Um, oh, it's Mick Foley's music. Or, yeah, Molly Holly last year, for example. Or, the who um, you know, just that... Hall of Fame-adjacent-type name that they rely on.
1: I campaign for Scotty Too Hotty every single year.
2: Yeah, like, that's not to say that there won't be one or two. I just, it doesn't strike me as Triple H's vibe. Mm, right Right. now. Fun, yeah. (laughs) The fun people liked, you know, like, he could could rattle through a mid-card of people in 2002 and 2003 that he buried that you could fill a Royal Rumble with. I just, yeah, I think he'll want to make a point of using the roster that he is I overstuffed a little bit in mm. these last few months, so if it's going to be people, I would say he's going to lean on NXT. That doesn't mean it can't be fun, you know. Like it's you've got your Tony D'Angelo's oh, and your Von Wagners. I was you'd say that, but I don't. I wouldn't necessarily anticipate mad reactions for them. And like,
1: it'll be, it'll be from my end.
2: For what it's worth, right. Yeah, Triple H isn't as good at, at fun, truthfully, as a booker. But there is something to be said for this Rumble mattering a little bit more. And there have been examples of raw, of raw Rumbles over the years where the special guests have been relied upon. The Rumbles were going nowhere until the celebrities showed up effectively. So a steer away from that might not be the worst thing for his first one. you
1: Are talking about surprise appearances?
3: You should absolutely do it, but you should kind of tweak the formula. I think that deep into the 2010s, it was getting embarrassing, the desperation of the novelty acts that were coming in. Um. So again, that got that's too much fun, <laughs> too silly, too stupid. Let's get to the meat of what this is meant to be—the ultimate opportunity of a professional wrestler's career. I still think there should be one or two things. I've got two ideas for this. One, it's a bit nostalgic. Fun nepotism is usually horrible in professional wrestling. But X-Pac is very good friends with Triple H. Oh, yes. So get him in. Mm. Get him in. He was working GCW, what, last year, was it? Yeah, Fast WrestleMania season. Still in tremendous shape. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hate, X-Pac heat is my least favorite phrase in Mm. all professional wrestling. My absolute least favorite phrase. There are so many inferior wrestlers to Sean Waltman in general, <laughs> yes. but there are also so many inferior wrestlers to Sean Waltman who actually have go away heat, have had it for years, and they should be replaced. His n- great name should not be sullied with that terrible phrase. So a nice little fun cameo. Um you get a huge part, but you can still go. I would like to see that. Just as a little bit of a redemption for the fact that his wonderful, revolutionary, influential career has kind of been undermined by two stupid words now the best thing about the royal rumble is that it is an open book with a million pages in terms of the story that you can tell it's just written in front of you you can do the near elimination record you could have Bron breaker come in you could have the commentators say he's threatening to break the elimination record preserve the elimination mm-hmm. record for another year have him eliminated by heel, set up a wrestlemania program there and say i oh, would have got the he would have got it he hasn't we can save that for another year. There's loads and loads of rumbles to come. So, that's another story you could tell. You could also do the Build a Star on One Night story. Uh, be bold. This is an aging roster. And some of the prospects in NXT are at least packaged horrendously in terms of the gimmicks. Um, I'm not sure of his injury status, but Nathan Frazier could mm. come in at that Royal Rumble. And just be amazing. Be absolutely incredible. I know that um, some of his best work involves him leaving the ring. So Mm. people might think it's stupid in this context. But it's so spectacular. And he can locate that top and middle rope and the gap through it with ease. That he could just genuinely become a star in a match like this. Yeah. So I would do that kind of storytelling. I would make it purposeful.
1: Yeah.
2: I wonder if the slaughtering of Johnny Gargano has been with a view of letting him do... He, like, they I, think he's funny. I'd like Shawn Michaels. Like, maybe they want to give him a number one Iron Man run, and then he can get Iron Man trunks made.
1: Case. Uh, he's yeah. already got some, don't yeah, be He's stupid. got some ready, hasn't he?
2: But uh, I'm yeah. Fairly certain he's actually already wore them. I think so, actually. Yeah. But yeah, like maybe like this babyface slaughtering the Triple H loves to do, Mustafa Ali being another one, is for the is for the use in the Royal Rumble where they kind of surprise you with the with the run they have and it reheats. In twenty twenty seven, when
3: Ali is still going <laughs> yeah. like this, you're gonna say maybe it's for a reason. No, it? it's <laughs> not. Maybe Triple H <laughs> who married into the family, and studied under Vince McMahon for 20-odd years, <laughs> might just hate small guys. <laughs> maybe he pretended to like them because he knew the marks did
2: uh, during alluded the NXT years. Alluded maybe he's very cynical. You ever thought about that? He didn't really like himself very much when he was small, did he? He got bigger. Yeah, are so. very hard.
1: Sid alluded to it a little bit earlier on, but uh, we all remember the last time The Rock was involved in a Royal Rumble. Um, any chance he shows up? 2023?
2: If he does, I hope they redo the spot where he eliminated X-Pac from the 2001 because it's one of the most underrated eliminations ever. It absolutely rules. X-Pac goes flying. Um, possibly, you know, possibly. It's. I know it seems a bit ridiculous that The Rock and um, for my one, it's Steve Austin, by the way. The oh, Rock really? or a Steve Austin returning for the Royal Rumble seems just counterintuitive because you just imagine if they're going to take up a slot now, it's just for WrestleMania and maybe like a, one Raw or a SmackDown to build it. But the Royal Rumble could replace that Raw or SmackDown. Because if either of them were to win, then obviously that builds a match with Roman Reigns, but they're not then really required to show up again. It becomes, if anything, it's one of the first times that you can use the star power of the effective celebrity guest megastar wrestlers as a prize within itself. So we are fantasy booking Roman Reigns' to WrestleMania going through Kevin Owens and going through Sami Zayn before he fights. X, whoever is going to win at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Let's say it was The Rock or Steve Austin. And it would be a genuinely shocking occurrence if either of them were to return, not just to return, in the gear, fight a bunch of people and win this match. Either of them two pointing at a sign. You you just cannot really visualize it. And yet, that would become a prize into itself. So, Sami Zayn beating Roman Reigns isn't just to get the better of him when the bloodline have decked him and win the belts. It's to get this dream match against The Rock or Steve Austin for the belts at WrestleMania. It becomes, in the same way that Kevin Owens had that Austin match last year, it becomes a platform itself mm. for night two. Gut feeling says no, but because both have already wrestled again in various comebacks, it wouldn't be the first. I think bringing somebody back in a rumble as a first is a bit dangerous. We kind of saw that with Ronda Rousey, but it wouldn't be that with these mm. two. So it's if you're going to bring them back, I think there are worse ways to do it than Royal Rumble madness. Do
1: you think we'll hear the glass shatter in January? Uh nah. I think you
3: preserve Austin just as a WrestleMania attraction. You don't want to expose the magic. Yeah. Um Then again, you know what? AEW books stink to perfection. It still feels amazing every single time he's in the ring and those just wonderful party matches. Um, but I think Austin, not on the Rumble. They want The Rock, by all accounts. They would have The Rock every single night, obviously, if they could. I'm under no illusions. Um... It's too tricky for me to deal with this. Roman's got both belts and kind of needs to lose both, but you need a second main event. What I'd love to do, considering how great she is, is um, really build Bianca Belair. It's the last match on one of these nights. I hate the idea of it having to be Roman twice. Why not Bianca Belair? Bianca Belair has outclassed literally everybody on that roster for the past two years of WrestleMania. Um, Market that, remind people of that, really emphasize how great she is, and he wouldn't have to worry so much about the Rocker Austin coming in.
1: Well, that brings us nicely into your picks for the Royal Rumble, uh, Royal Rumble winners. Who are you going for in the Women's Royal Rumble, Michael Sidgwick? Uh,
3: Rhea Ripley. There was an old Vince trick before <laughs> he lost it a bit, and that was he would do some kind of very quiet or low-key confrontation between the winner of the Royal Rumble and the champ like in and around Survivor Series or towards the end of the year, which is a hint that you want to see this, I'm going to make it happen if you stay the course. And there was like a silent stare down backstage between Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair on Raw not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Bianca Belair is great. Rhea Ripley has just all but salvaged the perception of women's wrestling in that company this year because it was in the toilet genuinely at the start of this year and she's been so magnificent in getting herself over her work is largely fantastic and she just feels to use what has now become a professional wrestling cliche undeniable yeah like i i look at certain talents and think you can't not go with that one rhea ripley is undeniable she is drenched in confidence and she's a confidence player as well you could tell when she lost it yeah in 2021 when she was working that stuff with charlotte flair you could tell she'd absolutely lost all confidence. She was bereft of it. She's now got as much confidence then as she didn't, as much confidence now as she didn't back then. Yeah. She's just it. She's undeniable. Uh, as for the men's, all I'll say is it's probably going to be Cody Rhodes. Um, we don't know if Triple H is going to be a pissy uh, <laughs> mark for himself about the whole double or nothing thing. That's going to be fascinating mm. as well when you see um, Triple H get booked. But if anything else, like on, on top of being a great Wrestler and a major attraction in and of himself. um, Cody Rhodes is a walking, talking prospectus for potentially outgoing AEW talent. So it's almost the best political move and not just the best business move. It's the best political move to strap him up, to treat him like a royalty. Um, So I do think it's going to be him for both cynical and wholly earned reasons. But they do have to be careful. um, Lest he become the Batista to Daniel Bryan. He could be that too, Sami Zayn. Yeah, like he has to, and he will rise to the occasion. But the booking has to make it not seem like the most inevitable, entitled thing. And uh, that's how hot
1: Sami Zayn is right now. So Cody Rhodes, dot dot dot. They have to be very careful, though. You only hear any complaints from me. I completely agree with with Sigis picks there, and it feels for the first time in quite some time, you've got. I mean, one's a heel, granted, but you've got two incredibly crowd-pleasing Royal Rumble winners. Do you disagree with, with either of those picks?
2: Not at all, but I don't think we're supposed to. I think you support, like you get, you're supposed to get to this time of year, and they're supposed to be obvious favourites or people that you're manifesting to win. That's not to say, obviously, that the, the shock can't be good. You can book a good, unexpected winner that could come at the expense of one of those two, and then you've got something to do on the road to WrestleMania, or it could prove to be a really shrewd move that you've managed to elevate somebody else unexpectedly, while a Cody and a Rhea haven't suffered because their star power was already assured, but yeah, it feels like it should be both those guys. It's their time. Um Cody Rhodes, I would love especially um to win it from number 27. I completely bought, even though it's Cody and even though he's told me a million times that the thing he's doing this week is in tribute to Dusty. Like the latest one, I bought it just as much as the rest. He's an incredible, incredible worker, a super sentimental guy, heart and sleeve stuff that I will buy right the way through to the day that he lifts the belts in the air. Winning from number 27, this once lucky number that I think now has the same number of winners as number one. I'm sure it's like three and three or four and three or Mm -hmm. something like that. It's no longer this like treasured spot, this lucky thing. To restore that at the same time, I think would be quite an inspired thing because the commentators always mention it. But as the years go by, it just doesn't generate that winner. It doesn't bear fruit anymore. So Cody, like... Yet again, digging up this old tradition, Mm. which is so rooted in why he's, narratively, why he's even come back to WWE, I think would be quite a nice touch. And then as well, you're getting away from the, another thing about what modern WWE has done, because the John Cena 2008 one worked impeccably, is number 30 feels like it's not been drawn out of a bingo tumbler. It feels like it's been saved. Brock Lesnar got it last year. How? How? You know, like, these number 30 surprises, I understand why, because it's the last pop of the night and you're trying to preserve it, but it's gone the way of a lot of these surprise wrestlers quite a lot, hasn't it? Like, Cody doing it from a position, you can believe that he's gone in and he's drawn a number like everybody else. It could have been number six, it could have been the curse, number 14, but it's number 27, it's Cody's time, and it feels Mm -hmm. like destiny has come his way and he, he has to do it. So I like the romance around Cody winning, and I like the fact that Rhea Ripley, it almost, she's so good that it feels like Everything that went wrong hasn't really happened. Mm. It's it's got that this is a real quiz vibe about her this time around. She went um, runner up against Bianca Belair and Bianca's year in in that really good Thunderdome rumble in 2021, mm. um, and then the, she got the title match anyway. Like a week before WrestleMania, well, I'll fight you, ask her. and it was done. And like that's why the stakes stopped mattering. This feels different. The stakes are high. You do feel that the winner will be observed, and if it is Becky Lynch as a runner-up, for example, the, the hurdle she's going to have to hop over to get a title match herself. Just feels like it's it's like it's all set up for a Ripley to have this proper, proper main roster career like rejuvenation at
1: WrestleMania. Love that. Well let us know your thoughts, your picks in the comment section below. Uh, or on Twitter at whatculture WWE. Watch that. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture, WWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling Wherever You Get Your Podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, this we can get the table. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.